hi guys uh, it's, it's, it's a great thing to have all of you online uh, and then greetings from all of us here in the house uh, tonight we proceed we, we did took a lot of time looking at chapter one of the second uh, London Baptist confession of faith the 1689 uh, for some times and then we've moved on now to chapter two of the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, we'll be here for three, three Tuesdays, taking each paragraph on its uh, value. I must thank Brother Eliaza, who kind of gave us by way of introduction last week, and then tonight I get into the study uh, proper, the doctrine of God and of the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity will be dealt with in paragraph three. Uh, in our subsequent study. But tonight, I will deal with paragraph one of chapter two of Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. Uh, you, most of you have copies, and most of you have them online. I'm sorry I didn't post it on our group chat today, but if you have it, you can follow the reading. If you don't have it, just listen to me uh, with rapt attention. This uh, paragraph one is divided into, I don't know how many, Q is number, if you, some this Q, if you are looking at alpha uh, no, no, numbers, A, B, C, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q. That's like 17. It's divided into about 17 uh, sections. We may not have time to go through all of them tonight, but uh, suffice that uh, I'll read the paragraph in your hearing, and then we'll begin to... Uh, unpack some of the details in the paragraph one, and they will read extensively uh, portions of the scriptures that support uh, the doctrine as laid down by uh, our, our the, the divines that they met together uh, years ago. Paragraph one of chapter two, the Lord our God is but one only living and true God. There may be some variations in this. There are some modern translation. There's Peter Master's translations there, but this one I'm reading uh, is more older, but it's also with a better English. The Lord our God is both one only living and true God whose subsistence is in and of himself infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself, a most pure spirit, invisible, without body, without body parts, without body parts or passions, who only had immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, who is immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, every way infinite, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will for his own glory, most loving, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, the rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and with all most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. Unquote. Amen. Wow, a lot to unpack. <laughs> a lot to unpack. Well, let me just say a few things before we start reading the scripture. In the introduction to the series through the book of Job, John Calvin wrote this, and I've, I've mentioned this before. 
that it is a great thing to be subject to the majesty of God. And if you have read Calvin Institute's uh, book one, book one, uh, and the first paragraph, the first portion, Calvin talks about the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. I know Calvin struggled to figure out which one comes first. Is it that as we know ourselves, that we know God, or that we know God, and then from there, we have a good reflection of ourselves? And I think his conclusions, by, the way, by way of introduction, was that the knowledge of ourselves and the knowledge of God are interwoven, and they cannot be, they are inseparable. That he that knows God will inevitably know himself. The knowledge of self, the, I'm not talking of subjective knowledge, the objective, reasonable knowledge of self that you can say, I know myself. No matter if you use that word, I know myself. You actually don't know yourself. The knowledge of self flows from the knowledge of God. God is, 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 is the mirror by which our reflection comes. So he that knows God will inevitably know himself. On the other hand, if you find anyone that knows himself properly and, and reasonably, that person will we will know God. A good knowledge of self will push us back to God. And the first knowledge of self is that I'm a sinner. If, if anyone wakes up in the morning and appreciates his own sinfulness, that knowledge will drive him to God. It's interwoven because at the, at the foundation of idolatry, I mean, I mean idolatry in its various forms is either lack of the knowledge of God or a very flawed understanding of God. Everyone, our African traditional religion claim to know God, the, the supreme, the supreme being, everybody. And, and, and because that knowledge is not from the scripture. That's why the doctrine of the scripture comes first before the doctrine of God. Because all that we will know about God must necessarily comes from the scripture, particularly our saving knowledge of him. I hope you are following what I'm saying. Nature can, tell us, can, can, can point us to God to a level. But nature and creation does not have sufficient power to communicate to us being fallen. You can't look at the mountains and come to the conclusion that God is one but three persons. You find that in the scriptures. Okay. At, at, the, at every form of idolatry, including self-worship, comes from the fact that we do not know God. And I can, say, I can say this thing without uh, fear or equivocation, that majority of us don't know God. We swear by him, we claim. I may not fully realize that among the presidential aspirants today in Nigeria are all raising their hand and say, God told me that I'm the next president of the country. Each of them have one pastor here and there praying and um, prophesied, we don't know God. And the job of what the confession trying to lay down before us is who God is as revealed in the special revelation, the scriptures, who God is as given, not as given by our, our traditional religion, but as given in the scripture. Okay. So let's, let's, let's read some scripture tonight. The first thing the confession what us to understand is that our Lord, our God, that is um, Adonai Elohim, is 
I don't have time. I don't talk about the, our Lord, our God. Let me, you are not in a theological seminary. If you want to know much, <laughs> go to Bible school. Uh, but our Lord, our God, and putting them together is not uh, a luxury. Okay? When you see Lord God or uh, Lord God, it's not, it's not a repetition. Okay? Yeah. Adonai, Elohim, one only living and true God. And we can turn to 1 Corinthians chapters, chapter 8, verse 4 to 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Yet, for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exists. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is the Shammai. Yeah? Uh, if you have been to even... Uh, some roadside Bible school that was even called the Bible school, you must have heard that there is a shaman. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Adonai Elohim, Adonai Ehad. Shamai, O Israel, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Ehad. The Lord our God is one. Let me ask you by way of... Uh, Testing, how many gods do we have? I did an answer. How many gods? How many gods? One. There is one God. I can't repeat this again and again. One only living God. Is the Bible real? When we have Molech, Baal, we have Asherah, we have Amadioha, we have we have gods. But for us, for us, through the lens of faith, of saving faith, we know. Paul said, even though there could be many gods and lords, for us, there is but one living God. The idea of living, I think I'm referring to Damilari, it speaks much, it's not just to say God is living as in alive and kicking. Okay, of course, it's a living God. It's, 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 it's not, it's, well, first of all, it's, it's a contradistinction to Idols like stones, like like images, carved images. Okay, so God is living. Other gods are not alive, but there are, there, are also, there are some deities that are not that were at one point in their life alive. Are you following me? Like Buddha was alive. Yeah, he became a Buddha. Confucius was alive. So there there should be some deities. People like India mean. <laughs> of Uganda actually taught himself to be a kind of a god. I mean, pharaohs, all the pharaohs were, were gods. 
if you are a pharaoh uh, in Egypt, you are deify, you are gods. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar, the, 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 the kings of Babylon, are not just mere mortals. They are gods. And are you hearing me? Okay. And if you look at our own native god, uh, kings like the Obas, the, the, the Igwes, particularly the Obi of Onitsha, I was looking at the resume, not even resume, if, if they are praising Obi of Onitsha, they call him Agbogidi. Eh? There are a lot of names they, when, they are, when they are hailing him. They say, one of these titles is that the man that has power to take life when he wants. And they said, Obi of Onitsha, that's in his praise, that the man that takes the life of a man when he's sweetest. That is beautiful. So the reason why they are, they are giving that to Obi is that they believe that he is not just a mere human. Where they have that bees on their hands and they have this thing uh, in their neck, on their neck and all that. They see themselves as beyond mortal. Yesterday I took, there is a friend, a brother that came from my hometown. He's uh, a Muslim and also a pagan worshiper. Uh, I, I took him around and I you know, I took him to the hospital. I was telling Dr. Annie before. The hospital that the king of Igala died last year or something, early last year. He came here. That king was known to have all powers. Before he became king, he was in all courts. Uh, we heard that some Amorabas went to his house. And they, they, they kept, he kept some small brooms at the entrance of his house. If you break in, you'll be sweeping till... To, to eternity, till till they come to arrest him. So four men were sweeping whole day before the police came to arrest them. So he had power. They look upon him as God. So if you talk about living, and and it's not just that God is alive, that he's breathing, that's living, and then these idols are stones, they don't have life, they are inanimate. That is not sufficient. God, there are some gods that actually are breathing. Church, are you following what I'm saying? So I took the guy to the hospital. See, this is where your attack of Igala died there, sometimes. And I asked him, what killed him? And he said, uh, a dysentery. CC. I said, pile, dysentery. Killed the, the almighty attack. He just died. Just dysentery. Dysentery that I can go by a flagell and I can even... <laughs> Cut some leaves and then to show that he had no power. So when we say God is, our God is one and only living, it talks about his existence and also his functionality. He is the only living God that really, really acts. He's not just there as a detached Allah. He's a living, functional God. And in the second place, he's living and true God. That idea means that every other deities are false. Wow, that is amazing. Pastor, are you saying that, I mean, apart from Jehovah, every, every, every other God from antiquity, like all the Canaanite god, all the uh, the Chaldeans gods. I mean, can you imagine that this is audacious for, for, for the Christians to claim that their god is the only true god. So what that means is that even if you find a god that is 100 feet tall, it's a lie. Complete false and a scam. That is what the confession is teaching in the first place. Our God is one only living and true God. He is alive, working and functional. Secondly, whose subsistence is in and of himself. The idea of subsistence 
Many of you have been doing elementary agriculture. What is subsistence farming? Yes. God is, that is the minimum thing as food and shelter, the minimum thing necessary to support life. So God is self-supporting and is not in need of something or someone outside of himself for sustenance. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10. Amen. And if you stop here now, I've preached, isn't it? Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10. I will trust God to stop so you can ask questions. Verse 10 of Jeremiah chapter 10. But the law, the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48 verse 12. Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel whom I called. I am he I am the first, and I am the last. Amen. The idea of God being first is that he is the uncaused cause. Nothing caused him. Everything that lives was caused. Did cheers appear because someone put the chairs here. You and I came here because someone, we came here because we are parents. Even the entire earth appears. Now, if there's no one absolute cause, there could be no meaningful existence. Felix, am I speaking too much? You, are you, you get what I'm saying? If there's no if there's no first cause, nothing can be caused. If not, you keep, you keep going back, back to infinity. There must be the first cause. And that first cause must be self-sustaining. If not, the idea of first causality will be false. I hope that is a good reasonable English. If, it, if there was something that helped God to exist, even if it's small, that thing, senior God, is that, is that clear now? It must be that the God that is worthy of worship must be uncaused. So if people ask you, who, create, who, who created God? That is a stupid question respectively. It's not a reasonable question. If a thing is a God, it must be uncursed. The Lord our God is but one holy living and true God whose subsistence is in and of himself. God is self-contained. No one created him and no one assisted him to come into being. Before there was any anything, before there was a before, God is. And God is by himself. And this is beyond any human understanding. Number three, subsisting in and of himself, infinite in being, Infinite mean infinity. There's no beginning and perfection whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. 
Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Exodus is after Genesis. Hmm? And it's between Genesis and Leviticus. I need to say that. Chapter 3 of Exodus, verse 14, I think. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. whose subsistence is in and of himself, in finite being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself. Comprehension means to know. His essence, essence refers to a strict nature of indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract, that determines his character. The essence, the the being of God cannot be comprehended by any but himself. All we can know about God is just a glimpse. And that which he has revealed to us in the scripture, isn't it? You can't do PhD about God and say, I have sufficiently arrived. Uh, uh, God is incomprehensible. A most pure spirit I don't want to read that illustration of most pure spirit, invisible, without body parts or passion, without body, comma, parts or passions. Passions mean emotions, feelings, emotional feelings. Who only has immortality is immortal, cannot die, dwelling in light, which no man can approach unto. He is immutable, immense. Immense mean God is large. There is one Nigerian crosses that talk about Agiriba. Hmm? God is immense. Is it Igbo? Agiriba is Igbo. Yeah? God is immense. It, it, it means it can never happen. If God should just appear now in Abuja, he will be too... It, God is like... I, the first time I saw a live elephant properly grown elephant. I was, it's, it's not what I saw in the picture. I lost myself until he almost killed, elephant was coming towards me, I was just, I was dazed until they say, run. I said, I watch your elephant, they kill. I don't even know elephant kills. God is so immense. Let's read some scriptures and then, uh, John chapter two, chapter four, verse twenty-four. I'll some, I'm, I'm almost uh, rounding up with you. John chapter four, verse twenty-four. The Bible said, "God is spirit." I hope you understand that now. Uh-huh. And uh, and those who worship Him or worship Him in spirit and in truth. Okay, Atina has supported the idea that God is of pure spirit. Uh, turn to First Timothy chapter one, verse seventeen. First Timothy chapter one, verse seventeen. To the King of all ages, immortal. Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 15. Deuteronomy, Numbers, chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. God is giving Israel instructions. Since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of, what God is saying is that 
when, when Moses brought Israel to Horeb, God, God actually appeared to them on the mountain and caused that some certain persons hear his voice unmediated. Of course, they ran away. It was like voice of many thunders. They said, ah, this, hey, Moses want to kill us. They ran away. He said, the day I appeared to you, you saw no form. Beware, verse 16, lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. And then he continued. God has no form. Is of pure spirit. You can represent him in a picture. You can't say, let's carve an image just by way of helping. Now, at this point, the reformers, uh, the, fathers, the Baptist fathers are getting down now. They know who they are fighting. Guess who they are fighting here now? The Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> Pure speed. No parts. So when you say, God, God hands is not short. God's eyes cannot behold iniquity. You should not think that God has one, two big eyes, uh, long hands, uh, a tummy, uh, and all that stuff. In fact, some of our, our churches are not helpful in this. When I was in Sunday school, they gave us a picture of God sitting on the throne with white, with, of course, it's a white man. Anytime there's a picture of God, it's a white man. And then with white, uh, old man with uh, long beard. And then as, as children playing in the moonlight, they say, do you know God? They say, yes, we know God. Do you know God? Yes, we know God. God is a white man with a beard. And then we sing again and again and again. Or sometimes people think, because the Bible says, let's create God, let's create man in our image. People now look at themselves in the mirror and think that because they look like this, God must be like us. A lion cannot give birth to a goat. The son of the lion is a lion, the son of a goat, goat. That is, that is, that is, it, you, you don't really know God. There's no parts. Actually, I have become a pastor before I knew that God has no body parts. And have no passions. What God is not like, maybe Fred now went and broke his wife's head. God said, eh? oh no, Angel Michael, can you see Fred? Can you see Fred down there? Oh, I'm disappointed. Or maybe in this church now, we choose not to do church again. We set up an idol here, God forbid. They say, okay, today we are now a club of a bony fraternity. And God say, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, Abutu has failed me. I don't die. And they say, Michael, are you there? Hey, Gabriel, come. Can you, see what, can you see what they are doing there? And tomorrow we repent again, and God is so happy. So they, these people. And sometimes we, have, we go to a particular church, they say, ah, uh, God did a chop apple. God did a chop uh, eba. The only food that God did chop is uh, our praise. It makes it look like if you don't praise God, God goes hungry. And God says, Oh God, they are not giving me my favorite, they are not giving me my favorite food. My favorite food. In fact, in fact, one of the popular preacher in Nigeria, I sat under his ministry and said, the, In fact, the reason why Lucifer or the Satan fell was that. The people were dancing in the world, and God was just enjoying it. As God was just, and, and Satan want to enjoy that. That is praise and worship that was the contention between God and Satan. I mean, I don't know where he got that from. So sometimes they say, once you are giving what they call high praise, tehillah, as the musicians start, Eliezer and his friend, as and it is getting high, heaven is getting hotter. That even if God won, even if, I'm not saying out of my head, Brother Emma, are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. That even if God will not answer your prayer, give him praise. That God can, it's like God is weak. They say God's weaknesses is praise. 
that you are praying, 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 and God is not answering you. Turn to place. And they start dancing. I've got to say, oh, oh, I, I'm weak. <laughs> I don't really want to bless this brother, but you see the way he's dancing. I, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. And God will just say, okay, God, okay. The Lord, okay let, 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 let's bless him because he, 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 he has given us a quality dance. And then tomorrow again, God is, all these things have implications to even our assurance of salvation that God saved you today. Tomorrow you say, ah, I don't like him again. He's not making me happy. I withdraw my salvation uh, ticket. And then, God is not like us. When our wives cook good food, say, ah, my wife. And then when you put too much salt, say, go back to your mother's house. That's not how God acts. Let's read a few more scriptures before I bring us to the point of question. I think I've mentioned a lot that can help you. Let's, Malachi 3, verse 6. Malachi 3, verse 6 talks about, for I, the Lord, do not change. God is immutable, never changing, is immutable, never change. I've, I've, I've mentioned that already to you. Jeremiah 23, 23. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can any man hide himself in secret places and continue? Uh, there are a lot of scriptures. They are there for you. I'll post it on the other. You can go home and uh, and. and and help uh, your, yourself. God is infinite, most holy. There's no sin with God. He's not the author of sin. Most wise, most free. And that's where I was going. Most free, most absolute. God is free. That, free means, that freedom means that nothing impacts you from outside of himself. You don't, you don't control God. Let me repeat that. You don't control God in any way, form, or shape. Your intelligence, your commitments, your holiness, your righteousness, whatever you think you are, who you are, your donation of money to church, you don't move God. You don't control God. God is free and most absolute. He does what he pleases. Uh, what about Ezekiah uh, that changed the hand of What about uh, Jonah? You don't understand scripture very well. Jonah did not change God. Hezekiah did not change God. God is immutable. He's most free, most absolute. And no one can question him. What do you do? I was with a pastor, myself and my wife. Where there's a pastor that lost his wife over the weekend. So Sunday night around 9 p.m. We went to day day to visit the pastor. Uh, I'm, I'm saying this not, because, not to caricature him. But his ministry name is called Darkness Terminator. That's his ministry name. Okay. We went there because he's my wife's uh, cousin. So, and he, he lost his wife. The wife, the wife, the wife had, a, had a CS three weeks ago. And over the night, the wife said, I'm losing my breath. And the wife just died. The Darkness Terminator, death has come to the house of, a, of the Darkness Terminator. And then we went to see him. I didn't even know where to start to preach the gospel to him. And he told me, Pastor, I'm actually asking God why. Why he choose to treat me like this. And I answer him, you dare do that? You dare open your mouth? You want to say, ask him. I say, ask him. Even if you say, God, why? God, why? If you'll be insane soon. You can't, you can't quit stopping. He takes, he gives. He takes, he gives, he takes life. He is a real agogidi. He can take lives anytime he wants. You, you, you can't question him. He's absolute, he's free. He's free. And <laughs> you, you, don't, you can't question him. You don't have him in your pocket. 
and he acts according to his own immutable and most righteous will for his glory. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Everything that God does is for his glory. God is, see, thou art worthy to receive glory, honor, and pray. For thou hast created how many things? For whose pleasure? God works for God. God acts for God. You are not doing, see, you are not important. You think you are important. I've, when I was much younger, when we were quite, when we, 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 we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit newly, one of our friends said, God, according to your word, you say, concerning my word, command ye me. How many of you have heard that scripture before? It's in the King James. Command ye me. You shall decree a thing. He said, God, I give it to December. Say, if you don't give me a wife, I will backslide. So if you backslide, so what? Huh? If I take a second wife now, so what? God walk, God act according to his own righteous will. He's most loving. Yeah, nobody can forgot to love the world. Most gracious, merciful, long-suffering. Hi. God. If you try um, yesterday. I don't know how I was just lazing around social media and I came to a page. Somebody was posting Omar Okpai. Omar Okpai is a popular Pentecostal preacher uh, of Assemblies of God's talk. So he went to this church in Inewi to preach. Uh, people were just moving around. And I said, I am not normal. He said, don't treat me like a normal human being. I'm not, I'm not, your, I'm not a regular pastor. And for 15 minutes, he was giving a story how people dare him and die instantly. And you know, that's how many, many, many of our pastors think. Many of our pastors wish they could look at your eyes and then you just fall and die. How great, how different. And as he was talking and talking, how people, so a woman challenged him, he became barren. That one challenged him, he died that night. He was just giving stories of people that died in his, under his ministry. And I said, oh, how different are you from Christ? Jesus with all the, all the power at his disposals. People could point to his eyes. And he said nothing. <laughs> he was so gracious. There was a day they were going through a village. And those villagers said, you know, go pass. The disciples said, oh God, just not even you. Ask us. <laughs> Ask us. This village will, will disappear. You now say, what kind of spirit do you have? So we have a fall and die theology. We actually want to be, how, most of our pastors wish they are God. That if you challenge their authority, you just fall and all your legs just twist. All your tongue will just come out. Including among the reformed pastors. There are some reformed pastors that don't want to be challenged. Let me not rock anybody's boat. Uh, let me just <laughs> say more than, than this. God is so gracious. Gracious. That's why you are still alive. Abundant in goodness and truth. Forgiving iniquity. I think they are quoting Exodus. Forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin. He forgive and forgive abundantly. God is so forgiving. And look at how our forefathers balance grace and law. They said, the rewarder of them that diligently seek him and withal most just and terrible in his judgment, hating how any sin, all sin, and who by no means will clear the guilty. It is a terrible thing to fall to the hand of a living God. The gracious and loving God is a consuming fire. Balance. If God is love, 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 and it's not just, the cross is useless. If God is love, 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 then Christ died for nothing. 
If you want to know how loving and just God is, look at the cross. His only begotten son, he crushed him, squeezed him for your sake. The punishment that you deserve is what Christ took upon himself on the cross. God hates all sin. That's how God is different from other gods. Other gods are capricious. They are not stable in their character. Today they are happy. Tomorrow they are sad. That's the gods of your forefathers. They, you, there are some gods in Africa. If you try them, the entire family will just will disappear. Of course, these are black magics. There are some gods. You don't play with them. The gods of Africa is not gracious. Allah is not gracious. There's no forgiveness in Islam. Allah is not gracious. And the comfort of this teaching is that this is the God that has saved you through his son. That when you say, I believe in Jesus, what you are saying is that I believe in God. The one and only living and true God. If God is the only living and true God, how come you fear other things? There are some of you if they put Bible, if they hang Bible on something, you will steal. But if they carry chalk, white chalk, with, 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 with something, with red cloth, cowries, and tides on something, even if it's one million naira, they will not take it. I guarantee you, if during the election, people swear by acts and not with Bible, do you know they will behave well? Because they, they can't see the invisible God. They think God is like them. And God cried, he said, Israel, you think I am like you. That's the God you've come to worship. You can worship this God without fear. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Who shall I fear? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? All the gods of your forefathers are dead gods. They don't exist. In a real sense. That's what Paul says. You should not be afraid of any threat. Eh, they go throw me juju. This is not ordinary. And then many, many, many of your friends are going from one church to another church. Uh, they are pursuing me. My forefather, uh, generational curses. Uh, if a man be in Christ, new creation. How come you are a Christian? You they fear Amadi or her, you they fear this, you they fear Juju, you they fear this, you they fear that. Some of you don't even trust God to provide for you due to Yahoo, Yahoo, Yahoo plus. Corruption, stealing. Because you don't believe that this God can supply your needs. Some of you are not assured of your salvation. Because you think, well, your salvation on if I don't, if I act well, God will save me. He has saved you before you began to act well. Your acting well is just a response to what he has done in you. This God is worthy to be praised, is worthy to be worshipped. It is a privilege to be a child of God. It is a great privilege. You are not doing God a favor. There are some of you that think if you come to church, you are doing Pastor Abutu and God a favor. Yeah? Say that church, I know they go again. And it will give them all thing, yeah. So that waiting will happen. You can't bully this God. God is self-sustaining. And we cannot hold him to ransom. It is an honor to be subservient to the living and true God. Have you known God? Have you come to know God? Church, have you come to know God? All the God you are worshiping is the God in your own image. The one you formed, you're God of your own ideas. Today you can come to him through his son, the Lord, Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. I can take one or two questions, then I will close. You have questions? Are you serious? Okay, oh yeah. You've changed your mind. If, if it's not a serious question, save us, save us the agony. Um, okay. In modern, so you mentioned... Um, Traditional For you gods. that are online, Emmanuel Igwebuke is the one asking question. Yeah. You mentioned our traditional gods, like Amadioha. Yeah. 
Put it properly. Yeah. And you mentioned Baal too <laughs> from the Bible. What do you think are modern ways people create idols in place of God? And as opposed to these traditional ways, which are clear idealistic, I think Christianity went a long way yeah. in rooting these things out. I mean, but then there are modern idols that are gods in disguise. Yeah, the oldest and modern gods is self, the worship of self. That has been from the beginning, that was the cause of the fall, and that continued to be the cause of every other idolatry self. Self-worship, self-idolation. The other things that are forced out of that is money. People worship money, fame, uh, success, breakthrough. I have four PhDs. They, therefore, the gospel is not for me. The gospel is for queer, queer people. I'm a medical doctor. Uh, I, have, I went to the U.S. Actually, I ate with Obama. So what? So people worship themselves. They worship money. They worship things. All kinds of things. Idolatry, even even sex. Yeah, and sexuality. Yes, Elias. Uh, yeah, this is from someone online, Sister Fire Kemi. Um, in our glorified states, will we comprehend God fully? Or will our comprehension still be limited? Hmm. I think there's a scripture that talk about now we see darkly as in in a glass, and talk about when the perfect has come, and then say we say we shall be known, we shall know him as we have been known, and that kind of. There's a flavor that we will know God in our perfect state, but. The, 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 the scripture that really uh, I used to reflect that between before the fall, why do you think Adam and Eve fell even in their perfect even in their perfect uh, state before? As we they know God properly, what Satan told them will not be uh, appealing. There is, and that's the reason God kept coming to them in the Garden of Eden that even in the perfect state you will still need God. God is indispensable. In heaven, I'm going to say, oh, God, oh, now you be this. Ah, praise God. Okay, take my hand. Oh, thank you, sir. And then they give you a mansion, and then you live happily ever after. Even in heaven. Do you know in heaven, as the book of Revelation tells us, that 24 hours, holy, holy is the Lord. People come to worship God. Because every day, people in heaven are wowed by God. On a daily basis, you can it's inexhaustible. It's like standing before the ocean. God will be forever incomprehensible. But at, at, in the glorified state, we will know him much, much, much more. Yes, you want to say something? It's a contribution. Yeah. Uh, God is inexhaustible. We cannot comprehend God fully, even in our glorified state. Yeah. He's infinite. We are finite. Yeah. As Calvin said, finitum non passe capare. This is Banabolu. <laughs> this is Banabolu. This is Banabolu. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. I thank you, GD, for that contribution. God, if God, even in the glorified state, we remain creatures, isn't it? We are, not, we, are going, we are not going to be God. And that's why I feared those who stand here and say, we are gods. One, one key example is Ayakilomi. He said, when is it Paul and Silas did a miracle in the book of Acts and people want to worship him, worship them. They said, no, 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 don't worship us. We are, we are men. Do you know what Ayakilomi say? Do you want to say? He said they were wrong. That Paul and Silas were wrong. They were ignorant. That they are not human beings. They are gods. Therefore, they deserve worship from those people. He said, wow. Yeah. So Paul and Silas were wrong. So Achilles thinks he's a God. So if you worship him today, that's why some pastors are coming to church. People are just 
People are bowing down and they are happy. So I say, no, 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 no. In the book of Revelation, John, John saw an angel. I want to. He said, no, don't worship me. I'm your fellow. Worship God. It is to him alone our worship. And this go against worship of men of God and men of anything. You, worship, you cannot worship God and worship men at the same time. We will forever worship God, even now, and in our glorified state. God is inexhaustible. That's a, there's a hymn we used to sing, I used to quarrel with the last line. Guide me, uh, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed, feed me till I want no more. And I said, no, I like the one that said, feed me, till, feed, feed me, feed me now and evermore. That's at which point in your life the Lord will feed you until you, you don't want again? No, 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 no. no. Eric, can you, no more question? Yeah, we do your question. That's the last one. Online. Okay. Do our actions of faithfulness totally mean nothing to God? Are there no rewards for faithfulness? Yes. Uh, what he's saying, when I talk about God having no passion, is it that if a man is faithful, God, there are, there are, see, the Bible said there's joy in heaven over one sinner that uh, repents, isn't it? it? What they're saying is that if a man acts faithfully, does he not rejoice the heart of God that God will reward that person? What is the answer? Yes. Are there rewards for faithfulness? Answer me. I don't know the word for faithfulness. That's not the question. Don't add your own. Eh? Let's stay there. <laughs> See, when God said behave this way, like the ethical, uh, moral uh, laws of God, and you act rightly, the word for righteousness, for, for acting rightly. Hmm? But for us as Christians, how do we see this whole framework? There was no one righteous, not even one. No one doeth good. Now, the Lord came on us by the Holy Spirit and dragged us to himself, drew us lovingly to himself, and we became saved. We became saved, it, and he gave us, he didn't even allow us, okay, after you became saved, now go ahead and do your, no, he gave you the Holy Spirit to live in you so that as a Christian, you're not even acting in and of yourself, that your action is propelled by the work of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you will do that God will like, that God will reward, is the work of the Holy Spirit. If your work is your work, independence of the Holy Spirit, he has no reward, and God is not happy. That's why he said the righteousness, even our own righteousness, is as what? As rags. All the goodness of Dangote and Begate put together, because they are not an outflow of the working of the Holy Spirit, is vain, it has no reward. But are we not enjoying the work they do? Yes. But there's no saving benefit. There's no eternal benefit in, in the real sense. So the reason why God will be happy with Christians who act in accordance to his will is that he look upon you. The righteousness by which you are acting is a given, is, is an external righteousness. It's not your righteousness. He look upon you and he see Christ. Christ's work being given to you, credited into your accounts. And he look in you and he see the activity of the working of the Holy Spirit causing you to cooperate with, with his movement. And together, that gives God glory. As, as that gives God glory, automatically you are blessed. And that blessing must be qualified. Does not mean because you are giving up glory, you must have four cars. They're spiritual blessings. But all this that I've mentioned now does not add to God in a bit. If God's glory is 100%, and you are giving God glory, it does not make it 101. And if you can't add all this, God is God, okay? It, 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 is, it is an opportunity to even be part of God people and then you are worshipping God. You should understand that, that that whole thing does not add anything to God. But it's a good thing. God speaks, the Bible speaks in terms of human language. When you say God is happy, the joy, 
But God is happy does not mean like the way you are happy because you bought a car. That's not the way you should understand that happiness to mean. Time is gone, yeah? But to that per- I don't know. I don't know how many of you understand what I've just said. It, it, it looks confusing, but that, that's, it, that's what it is. It is. What God will love is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Okay. It's a, great, it's a glorious thing to be a child of God. See, as a Christian, you should walk on the street with boldness, with your hand in your pocket. Why are you so proud? I'm a child of God. Why are you so happy? I'm a child of God. Why are you, why are you not in fear? I, I've told you before, I went to my hometown. My hometown is quite a dark place with voodoo. One young man, people, they, people fear him. They say, ah, in fact, they call him, they say, name they call him. One day he say, he say, he says, you see, why you know the fear? What you want to say is that why you know the fear? <laughs> yes. You see, they come village like say, they, villagers, they, they want you to fear them. So for the past four years, you have not come to the village because some people in the village, people that cannot even eat three square meals, no education, no knowledge. The bully those who are PhD holders can't go to their hometown. And the guy stopped me. He said, why you know the fear? I asked him, why should I fear? He said, eh. You know, say people know the, he said, sometimes people, they, you know, people come to the village. People say, when are you traveling back? What is the normal answer? Eh? You're on your way out. They say, when are you going back? What do you normally answer? He said, I'm going in three or four days time. But you're already on your way. For some people, they say, ah, you go and tell your uncle, eh, I'll be going back in, uh, in we are going back 4 a.m. before they wake up. They're out. But me, as I'm traveling, if I'm coming to the village, I have, if I have money, I have like 20 loaf of bread at the, in the boot. I'll start sharing until I get sharing. I'm, I'm around. And when I'm going back, sit up. So guys, I'll stop at the market square, all these Okada people. I said, guys, stop. I don't live in a village for now. I'm going now, okay? See you again. That's what they are. They say, they say what audacity that you come to village and you are going and you tell us that you are going and then you travel and then you reach. That's what he's asking me. And I said, the Bible said, thou shalt not, thou shalt have no other God beside me. See, that's what our Bible says. The guy is a Muslim and a pagan. I said, I don't worship two gods. I worship one living God. He, he doesn't understand. He said, he, he that worship one God does not fear another. The God I worship is a living God. It is, it is him alone I fear. I forgot the part of the scripture that said, say, don't fear that. It should be in Jeremiah. Say, don't fear. Say, don't call conspiracy or this people call conspiracy and don't fear their fear. That is the lesson. Sanctify the Lord holy. Let him be your fear and your dread. He that fear God will not fear anything. It is lack of knowledge of God that you hide. You fear church members. Say, make my pastor no hear. Make my pastor no see me. We, have, we are doing all. And God can see you. We are not bothered. That God is watching you. And, but you are, you are afraid that your pastor may catch you. Ah, you don't know God. Fear God. Worship him and honor him. And enjoy him forever. That is the whole duty of man. Amen. We have like 15 minutes to our time. And tonight, I'll ask that uh, Dr. Annie will come to pray and close the service. Let us pray. Our gracious ever living Father, we thank you for the teaching of tonight. We thank you that you have shown us thy favor and thy grace. We thank you that you have opened up thy word to us. Our forebears sat five months to draft this tenet of faith. And we are so happy and gracious to receive it 
and to be taught in the land of Nigeria. Our Father calls us to key into this teaching and leave such teachings that have led so many astray and even led us back to what our forefathers worshipped before the missionaries came to the shore of Nigeria. Father, we pray and plead, cause us to know thee as the great God, infinite, unchangeable, the one whom nothing can sustain. We need water and food and air and many other things to exist, but you need nothing. Such a God. And you dare call us your people. And we can call you a father. That covenant is so great. Cause us to know thee. To love thee. To follow thee. To act like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or Daniel. Or the apostles willing to die for this faith. And this is the reason why the apostle John said, that we overcame him, the devil and Satan, and that serpent of old, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We love not our lives unto death. Father, help us that we may pour out our whole heart and lives to serve the true and living God. Father, help us. Thank you, our Father, for thy servants whom thou hast used to speak these words. We pray that you may be gracious to him and open up more resources of thy knowledge unto him. We thank you for this church. Establish it in the heart of Abuja. Cause many to be here. Pray that you may build up thy church and no gate of hell shall be able to stand against it. Thank you for hearing us. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.